Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another edition of The COVID Report, your one-stop shop for all of the facts, the stats, the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. You can call me game. I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Siposiche Mbuli, and together we are going to give you another jam-packed informative show here on The COVID Report. Report. Now, on the show at this time, we are going to take a look at how you can maintain the health of your credit during these tricky, unprecedented times of a COVID-19 lockdown before we shift focus and chat all things personal health and keeping yourself fit during these tricky, unprecedented times. And for that discussion, we will employ the expertise of Muntu Machaya. And uh, we will tell you all about him later on in the show. Before we get straight into today's offering, let's take a look at the ways in which the numbers have come in as it pertains to all things COVID-19 in South Africa. The stats as of Wednesday, May 20th, 2020, see the total number of positive cases confirmed across the country just cross over the 18,000 mark, just under 9,000 recoveries recorded, just over 300 fatalities all over the country. This um, is an increase of just over 800 new cases. If we shift our focus straight to the Western Cape, the epicenter of the pandemic, just over 11,000 of the over 18,000 confirmed cases across the country attributed directly to the Western Cape. In fact, it has emerged that uh, Tigerberg Hospital in Cape Town is already under pressure trying to keep a lid on this pandemic. So it's getting a little bit tricky for Tigerberg Hospital in particular as it pertains to their ability to assist in the curbing of the pandemic in the Western Cape. Now, I did mention that we would be chatting about trying to maintain a healthy credit during these tricky, unprecedented times. And to help me facilitate that discussion, we are joined at this time by Messelina Maketa, who is a project manager at the Credit Bureau of South Africa. Um, thank you for inviting me to your show, COVID-19 Report. And yeah, hi to your listeners as well. We appreciate you taking your time uh, to chat to us here on the show. Now, through your work uh, with the credit bureaus, can you shed some light as to what trends they have reported during um, this absolutely tricky and unprecedented time? Um, Let me first um, give the background of the CBA, Credit Bureau Association, so that our listeners don't, don't confuse the two. Right. So um, the Credit Bureau Association, the big, the brief background to that is that it is a, an industry body and our members are the credit bureaus. So we are not the credit bureaus. These credit bureaus um, are companies that store and maintain information on consumer credit history. So um, when we say someone is a, a credit active person, uh, we mean that they you know, have applied for credit um, with the credit providers and they have been granted credit. So according to the um, CBM Credit Bureau Monitor uh, from the NCR quarter three, 
uh, September 2019, uh, as at that date, we had 25,14 million of credit active uh, 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 people or citizens in South Africa. So um, from our side, um, the trends that we are seeing, uh, the credit bureaus are receiving numerous queries from consumers, from suppliers, from clients, and from the public at large in relation to how a COVID-19 payment holiday will be reflected on a consumer credit uh, record. And whether a payment holiday or an agreement for extended payment terms will negatively impact a consumer credit record or a credit score, if um, I may explain it in another, another term. So as an industry, what we have done, um, but firstly, the credit providers and the credit bureaus are working together under the auspices of the South African Credit Risk Reporting Association, which is SACRA, to really ensure that um, any COVID-19 payment holiday granted are correctly reflected on the credit bureau and that consumers are not unduly negatively affected. Now, you briefly touched on it um, just now, but uh, it is... Uh, it does go without mentioning that the popular chatter among uh, these circles has been uh, the payment holiday, especially for those whose professional or work endeavors have been, in, have been affected uh, financially by these unprecedented times. So when it comes to that entire concept of people uh, taking uh, payment holidays, can you unpack that entire process for us? So what the credit bureaus have done, um, they have conducted an impact analysis on the variables that make up a credit score and affect consumer score. And we have found that provided the credit providers correctly submit data to the credit bureaus for any payment holiday and or extended terms uh, provided in terms of COVID-19 as set out in the data submission guidelines, consumer credit scores should not be impacted. But we do, however, expect scores to deteriorate over time as the economy takes strain and further consumer default uh, positions emerge. So um, what we see people more interested is, is the dynamics around what is a payment holiday, what is extended terms, and that those are two concepts that I really want us to um, unpack today. So um, when, when, when a payment holiday or extended terms um, are granted, these are displayed differently on the credit bureau record. So let's start with a payment holiday and at least um, give our listeners a, a, a background or an explanation that uh, what does that mean? So when we say a pay payment holiday, really that refers to the instance where the next installment due has been postponed to a future date. But the number of installments expected to settle outstanding balance remains unchanged. In other words, a loan will now be repaid over an extended period. So I'm going to use a quick example, um, let's say a typical example for our listeners um, to, to understand what this means in practical terms. 
uh, let's say um, uh, consumer A go um, has got an account, uh, 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 an account with um, credit provider A, right? And let's say um, the consumer. I'm using. I'm gonna use um, a simple range so that uh, our listeners can follow the the explanation and the discussion thereof. So let's say a consumer owes has got a debt with this credit provider for 600 rand, right? And then um, a payment holiday is is granted and. Um, Consumer initially was supposed to pay, and then I'm using this as an example, um, the 600 uh, in, in three months, let's say June, July, and August. So now, when a payment holiday um, is, is, is granted, then we now postpone uh, the payment to a future date. And let's say our future date uh, in this regard, it can be from starting of August. So a consumer will now pay 200 rand in August, 200 rand in September, and 200 rand in October. So that makes up the, 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 600, um, the 600 rand. So then that goes um, in line with the definition to say that um, the next installment has been postponed to a future date, right? So now let's look at the extended terms. So extended terms really means that or refers to where a consumer and a credit provider agree to vary the repayments terms so that the number of, of installments increases. But here, specifically, the next installment date remains unchanged, but the installment amounts are reduced and the number of installments to be paid are increased. Let's go back to the example that we, 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 we have used um, with the payment holiday. And I just want consumers to understand that um, we are using this so that they can uh, relate and, and understand the differentiation between um, these two terms. So going back to the example that we have used of a consumer, let's say perhaps owing um, the 600 rand and um, uh, was supposed to pay it uh, in three months. So, and then the next installment was June. So with the extended terms, the next installment will be June. But um, according to um, the agreement from the credit provider and, and the consumer to vary the repayment uh, terms, then they can agree that um, then June, the consumer will pay 100 rand instead of 200 rand, uh, July, uh, so forth. So then let's say in this case, the extended terms now, it's six months and uh, consumer pays 100 rand each month. So really, that is the explanation uh, between two terms, how they really works, and the uh, and the and the differentiation of a payment holiday and extended terms. But we should emphasize that um, sticking with the theme of these unprecedented times and the the question of whether or not to take up the option of taking a payment holidays and the effect on the credit profile that we've just briefly touched on. How should consumers protect their credit profiles during this time? That is a very good question. And um, I want to go back and 
explain who our members are so that um, uh, the explanation will now inform our answer. So um, out of our members, we have got um, five credit bureaus that hold consumer credit information. And uh, those bureaus are Consumer Profile Bureau, um, CPB, Experian, TransUnion uh, and Vericred and, and XDS, right? So those are the, the, the credit uh, bureaus that hold uh, consumer uh, credit information. So now we are saying uh, to the consumers that indeed it is the tough times for all of us. And we are saying that um, how should consumer now protect their credit profile during this time? Uh, in the first instance, we recommend that consumers check whether their loans are covered by credit life insurance, which may cover the repayments of their loans up to 12 months in the event that they are retrenched or unable to earn an income. So if your loan as a consumer is covered by uh, credit life insurance, your credit bureau profile will not be affected in any manner as the loan amount will be credited monthly by the um, credit provider. So in the event that um, their loans are not covered by the credit life insurance, they may apply to their credit provider for a payment holiday or requested an extended uh, payment in relation to their loans. So remember, we have just um, um, discussed and explained a payment holiday and their extended terms. We know from previous reports that South Africans are generally reliant on credit. And in keeping with the theme, the tricky, unprecedented times you're all in, leaving some South Africans with the decision of whether or not to exercise options of taking a bit of credit, taking a payment holiday and seeing how they'll be able to rectify and pay back their debts as time progresses. Would you say that this is the right time for banks to consider increasing the bank loan or credit card limit? Um, you certainly right. Uh, um, yes, like other emerging economies, South Africa is not a cash country. Uh, but given the circumstances uh, of where we are, given the uncertain times of COVID-19, it will be prudent for consumers to look at increasing their credit for es essential purchases only. You know, and um, all the all all increases to credit require an assessment. Uh, consumers should be aware of that. One to check that you can afford the monthly repayments of the proposed credit, and two, secondly, to check that your income versus current debts is at an acceptable level for the credit provider to grant you credit. Also, um, the, the credit bureaus during this COVID-19 lockdown are issuing uh, uh, free credit reports for consumers. And um, I'm sure you will give me the opportunity to um, uh, give uh, our listeners uh, more information as to where they can uh, uh, request this information. And we really encourage them to, to, to go check um, their, 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 credit, their credit reports. Well, if you could please um, absolutely share that information with us and with our listeners as far as where they can go and who they can talk to. 
So, Ganeli here from the CBA space, we have done a lot of work in terms of educating uh, consumers and creating awareness on how to um, maintain a good uh, credit uh, report. We are active on social media platforms. We are on Twitter. CBA is social. So it says at CBA is social. Um, our Facebook page, CBA Education Hub. Our website, www.cba.co.za. And on Instagram, Credit Bureau Association. LinkedIn is Credit Bureau Association on South Africa. Uh, that is for uh, more information on how to maintain a good credit report. And there's more information there that um, the consumers can, can relate to. And on checking their credit report, for Consumer Profile Bureau, uh, which is CPB, uh, they can visit the, the, their website, www.myfreecreditreport.co.za, all in small caps and one word, www.myfreecreditreport.co.za. We've been joined by Meselina Maketa, who is a project manager at the Credit Bureau Association. Thank you so much for taking time to chat to us here on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Kamelise. We, we really hope that um, the, the consumers are now more enlightened and we wish all the consumers health and wellness during this uh, time of lockdown. We encourage, once again, we encourage consumers to contact their credit providers to obtain relief in the instance that they are not able to meet the agreed payments. And when doing so, they must please remember to check the terms and conditions, those we call the T's and C's, of any arrangements uh, uh, for financial relief granted, including any additional cost or charges that may be levied. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your show. You just heard from Meselina Maketa. We took a moment to speak to a few people who offered to share their stories and their experiences with us as it pertained to how they are managing fulfilling their monthly credit obligations. And this is what they had to say. This lockdown period has been a very tough one. It has changed my livelihood completely. Me being unable to pay my monthly um, debts due to not receiving a salary, lack of monthly groceries, having to cut out a lot of what I would normally call essential. Um, even though I've, tr I've tried with, I've tried stretching the load that I have to acquire or be able to buy basics, but it's tough. It's very stressful and when reality strikes, I find myself in a dark place at times, not being able to know where to from here. Where is the next meal going to come from eventually? Having the kids at home full time also plays a huge role in the stress level that one has is going through because now you have to feed kids constantly. They're always hungry. They're not understanding what's going on around them as they see, they, according to them, they're just on a long holiday because there's this virus um, 
that's hit South Africa and the whole world but to them is as per norm it's really frustrating I must say not having an income not being able to provide for your family as per norm as you would normally do it's tough it's tough guys give me a piece it came how it's very difficult and yeah and the kids are also now starting to feel it the frustration has kick is kicking in even though we receive um um some um school active school work for them to keep them busy but it's from a certain time to a certain time after that frustration kicks in again i've tried maintaining a routine for them but yeah no uh, i'm feeling it as well you know the stress levels you snap easily any little thing that you come across becomes a big thing you now start have to measuring measure what one eats how often one should eat and you know it's 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 draining emotionally and physically and at the end of the day you're the one that's expected to be the strong one keep it together for everybody and you have no way to go to no one to cry to no me time i haven't experienced a me time in forever this past 6 or is it now 8 weeks or so i i haven't had that and to me my me time is essential because that's where i i cry or do whatever but now it's not even about me anymore it's them 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 and ensuring that they are always okay they always get what they need but it's tough without an income it's really tough i just thank god that we are able to go through each and every day with a full meal on our plates and really grateful that this virus has not um been able to infect or has not infected any of us thus far or any of our family members because we are trying we are actually not trying we are actually keeping it safe and staying indoors and surviving with what we can and what we have we work with what we have at home um my creditors are back again they started calling left right and center i keep preaching the same story they will just say yeah we understand day after next they'll call you again same story but it's tough i don't even know if we ever going to get out of this where to even start i don't know where to start to adjust myself again adjust this lifestyle i don't know financially i don't know where to start i i don't i i don't know what i'm going to do how am i ever going to catch up with my debts at this moment i have no clue i work at an entertainment company and they only pay 50% of our salaries i have arranged with my landlord to pay 50% of my rent as the company i work for have provided us with a letter to use at financial institutions or our for our landlords
I have two kids who are in school, a preschool and a private school, private primary school, you know. Um, so the preschool my daughter um, attends have relieved us from paying school fees for now as they have arrangements with the bond and they got funding from the government. And as for my other daughter's primary school, we have applied for financial relief, um, but I am still waiting for their feedback. Since I was able to do all these arrangements, my debit audits aren't affected, but my cash flow um, is affected as I run out of money before month end. The only stressful thing is that entertainment industries will only open at level one which makes me anxious because i don't know how long i will earn 50 percent of my salary as i don't know when we will reach level two or one hi guys so my name is keza mohadi and i'm a truest account holder for the like last decade i think and in that period of time with me being having an active account at truest i've never missed payment due until of course this pandemic bubble so what happened now is um last month i got half of my paycheck at work and then obviously we're getting half a lot of things had to be you know cut so what i did was um i was i was i was supposed to pay a thousand to my monthly installment that was due for for last month but i only paid half of that which was like i paid about 600 rand and then fast forward to like this month i'm getting a call um i need to pay 500 because i'm in areas but i'm like guys I've never, not even once, you know, underpay or not pay. But because of this pandemic that is happening, even at work, my paycheck just got a half. So I have like a lot of responsibilities that I need to attend to. So now I was able to only pay half of it, but clearly they were not having that. And they were like, um, they sent me a text saying I'm in areas for 550. So it's really, really sad that to see such companies that we've been loyal to are not sympathizing with us when we need them the most. My name is Eric Magwanyana. I work for a company that is in the gambling industry. Um, the coronavirus and the lockdown has affected me and my colleagues greatly because our business is not making money uh, since we, we, are, we don't deal with online gambling. Our, the, the gambling in our business requires people to be there at the site to play the machines. So because of lockdown, they are not allowed to, 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 to play, so we're making zero income. In March and April, our employer instructed us to, to take leave, but also to do time shifts for all the work that we have done while we were at home. So it worked nicely. We are one of the fortunate people because we could um, get our full salaries for March and April, but most of our staff, our admin and our provincial staff didn't get any, didn't get salaries for April. They were on unpaid leave because their leave days were, were finished. So since we, we have worked in April and we have worked in, in March, although our hours are not, we, don't have, we, didn't, we didn't work for the full month of April, we didn't have enough work, but at least it boosted our leave days because those hours were credited on our leave. So now we have 
enough leave days. But for April, our employer decided that no, now no one is going to take annual leave. We're just going to pay you for the hours that you have worked. So it became difficult because now in May, there is like, there's not enough work at all. There isn't a lot of work because we, since the business is not making money, and I think in April we were helped by the fact that it was March was our year end, and we had auditors that were we had to provide with some information. So we had a bit of work in in April, but now in May we don't have enough work at all. So we are almost not paid for for April. So we're gonna depend on the legal pay and the UIF that is gonna be claimed. Uh, so what we did now, they gave us letters, our employer gave us letters to submit to our creditors. I have submitted a request from FNB so that um, they can pay, they will give me a loan so that I can pay my car installment uh, and any balance on the credit card that I have. And yeah. And I'm also arranging for deferment of the rent where I am. Uh, so hopefully things will go well and hopefully the lockdown will not take too long. Because if it takes longer, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, but economically, it has really affected us. Because also in April, we're due for salary increases. But those salary increases didn't happen because of the coronavirus and the lockdown. Well, as you can hear from those voices, it is a complex time. I think complex is the best word to use to describe these situations. It may be difficult for some, some more difficult than others, but they are doing what they can. They are doing their very best during these unprecedented times. We are going to shift the gears now and talk about how to keep yourself healthy during this time. We've talked about how you, how you can keep your credit healthy. We're shifting the focus to you and the human body. And we are going to do so by employing the expertise of Buntu Machaya, who we will tell you all about in a bit. Noisy neighbors making you turn up the volume. We get it, but there's noise, and then there's need. So if you hear something disturbing happening nearby, take action. Turn down your radio and turn up your attention. If you hear the sounds of gender-based violence, visit gbv.org.za or contact the GBV Command Center on 0800-428-428 to report abuse or ask for help. Don't drown out the noise. Listen harder. gbv.org.za is there. If something's happening next door, nearby, or next to you, turn down your radio. Listen. Act. We'll be right here when you're done. This show is brought to you by Voice of Vets in partnership with Higher Health. And welcome back. You are listening to the COVID Report, a show that unpacks all things COVID related with myself, Siposi Fengosazanambuli, and I could never do what I do alone. I am joined by game. And today we tackle a different aspect of COVID and speak about the physical impact the lockdown has had on many South Africans. 
And for that, we are joined by Buntu Machaya, who's a human movement and sports science graduate. He's busy with his sports management honors degree. Buntu is also a personal trainer, an athlete, a men's health cover model, a fashion and fitness model. And if I can throw him under the bus slightly, a proud netball player for Kanki's Ains. Good evening, Buntu. How are you today? And welcome to the COVID Report. Thanks for having me. Um, that was an introduction and a half. I feel important. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wundu, as an athletic and sports-driven person, what has what was life before the lockdown looking like for you? Jeez, before the lockdown, as with everybody else, um, movement obviously was easier. Um, I could generally go out and actually do my physical activities outside. So, in terms with regards to the netball that you spoke to, we'd actually have social games, have tournaments, and everything. Um, now being confined to um, just your house and your home, you can only do so much in terms of your home workouts and actually keeping active and busy. It's 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 a it's a challenge. It's different. It's a new setting, but hundred percent do miss being outside and actually playing sports with my friends and meeting new people. No, I hear you one hundred percent loud and. Uh, Mr. Machaya. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, the lockdown restrictions that were announced by President Sora Ramaphosa in March were very strict. Um, they first um, cut all the activities that involve more than two people being in contact with each other at the same time, um, namely social distancing, which is in your area of expertise as a personal trainer. I'm curious as to how you initially received um, these announcements when they were made. Was was there any sort of, um, I, I mean, I, I imagine you didn't receive, you didn't take the news person, um, uh, you didn't take them, you didn't take the news in within your stride. You didn't um, necessarily react positively to the news when mm. you first received it. So how could, could you unpack your initial reaction to these announcements for us? So initially with those, uh, with that uh, announcement, um, it, it, it was a big blow, personally, in terms of sort of business as a personal trainer. And, I mean, all my streams of income involve me being in contact with uh, and being around a lot of people. So, for instance, like the modeling, uh, we go to castings with uh, uh, personal training. We had a gym setting where um, I'm seeing my clients amongst other people. Or I'm seeing my clients uh, outside, maybe two or three clients at a time, or teaching classes. So all of my streams of income were were affected greatly by that. Um, my immediate stream of income, which would have been, which is my personal training, obviously I had to sort of, after taking it in my stride, I had to sort of uh, uh, remodel my business model or restructure it, so to say, in a sense where now uh, we move from my personal uh, in in person contact sessions to more of uh, Zoom video sessions or FaceTime video sessions or me compiling a video where I train myself at home with instruction and I send it through to my clients. So it just presented my, my, myself with an opportunity where um, obviously I can just remodel my business and, and not be stuck in the ways of just having to do personal training in person and thus not being able to actually generate an income because then um, obviously I can't see anybody. So that means that I wouldn't have 
that interaction with anyone and I'd lose work, you understand? 100%. And I know you're the type of personal trainer that runs with their client, the five kilometers that the client said they wanted to run. So you are very dedicated to this. But now can I ask, with the lockdown restrictions, oh, I'm asking the wrong questions. Sorry, Sister Risha, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to take the question. Um, so, and I know as someone who knows your personal training, you are very committed to your clients. You are the personal trainer that runs five kilometers with their client who said they wanted to run. But as someone who has studied human movement, please share with us what happens to the human body when someone is not moving the way it was once used to, let's say going to the gym four times a week or running five kilometers every three to five days. What happens when things get taken away, such as movement? So initially when you start moving and you, you, you get into sort of a habit and a routine, um, we all know that your body adapts to that. So you, you reach an initial, um, there's an initial stage, you reach a shock stage, and then from your shock stage, you adapt to that. And that's when you start now introducing new stresses within your workout, obviously to now keep challenging yourself. So if your body is used to that and you start doing that, um, you go through what we call as atrophy. So you atrophy, where you're, the muscle that you've actually built and the muscle uh, fibers that are, you have managed to develop and make stronger start losing their, their strength and their functionality. So obviously, as young people, we, we don't suffer from that as much as the older generation because uh, we still have the ability to regain that quicker. But everybody's body, they go through this process of um, atrophying and to put it in simple terms, we have a term where we say use it or lose it. So when you're not using it as much or as effectively, you you generally do lose that strength complex or if you were a runner, you lose your, your, your fitness, your ability to actually run that 5K in maybe in half an hour. And maybe if you try it out now after two or three weeks of not moving, you're managing to run a 5K in maybe 40, 45, close to an hour because your, your lungs aren't used to it, your heart is not used to the strain, it's not used to the stress. So, yeah, so... Your body just sort of goes back to, excuse me, so to a state of, of rest, if you, if you get what I'm saying, where you, 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 it's not used to doing too much work. It just does enough, <laughs> which is waking up, going to the kitchen, eating, going back to bed, watching TV, and maybe doing some schoolwork. Yet another indication of um, what has become a motif here on the COVID report, another indication of the domino effect of this pandemic and how this domino effect manifests um, itself throughout every single facet of our livelihoods and our lives and everything connected to that. Now, um, in lockdown level five, um, among the many things that were outlawed, um, running outside was one of them, very contentiously so. And um, you mentioned earlier that you are the kind of personal trainer who um, enjoyed running um, the distance with your clients. Um, and with that, with that in mind, um, I'm curious as to how you, um, as an individual personal trainer, adapted to this particular restriction and um, not only continued to keep yourself fit and um, clock in the amount of work you probably would have um, gotten done in a regular 
run outside by yourself or with a client? And also, how did you how, how did you adapt to um, keeping in touch with um, your clients and keeping them motivated to continue exercising in these difficult times? Okay, so in terms of, um, I'll start with the keeping communication, keeping in touch with my clients. Since before um, the lockdown and everything, my clients and I have always had an open uh, channel of communication. So uh, through either WhatsApp messages, WhatsApp calls, uh, emails, and phone calls. So the fact that we had established uh, sort of a, a network like that or, or opened up communication like that, it, it, it's, it hasn't been uh, difficult to maintain that. Um, for instance, some of my clients, I'm training them um, through just giving them a call or send, dropping them a message, and I just let them do that work. And obviously, they just give me feedback on how it was and everything like that. So we don't necessarily do those video uh, sessions. So by opening those channels of communication, um, it's been easier now as it was before. It, it, it hasn't been much of a channel. Uh, sorry, not channel challenge for me all my clients because we generally just spoke whether it's random things to training, um, psychological issues, what have you. And so I just repeat your other question for me, that you asked me besides the communication. I asked you um, to just expound on um, how you adapted to the restrictions of level five, not being able Uh, to run outside, not being able to join um, your clients on those runs outside that you normally would. Um, under normal circumstances. Oh, yes, 100%. So what I've done uh, with my clients, because even when I'm training my clients in the gym, whether we're doing it inside or outside, and I remove sort of a running um, element or the running aspect, because if I put it in a bracket, sometimes I even train my running clients or my triathletes in a different manner where I remove the running or the swimming or the cycling because that's generally what they're actually doing in the uh, what you call this, the, the specific activity or the specific sport that they're playing. So it's for me, it's been easier with my clients to introduce things like skipping. So we do things like skipping. Uh, if you don't have a skipping rope, I mean, we can still skip without a skipping rope. Um, I'm a big fan and a big advocate of cardio spikes in between a specific uh, a training regimen that uh, you have set up. So, for instance, if I give you an overview of a workout maybe that um, I've set up, let's say I've got eight exercises within that session, and after each two exercises, I group each exercise in twos, and in between those twos, I have something called a cardio spike. So, let's say I have you doing squats. After your squats, you're doing lunges immediately. And then on the third exercise would be your cardio spike. Your cardio spike could be anything from a skip, for a minute, burpees for a minute, or you're running high knees with something that I call horse kicks for a minute. So just something to get your, your, your heart going, your lungs going, your lungs working, and your heart just pumping as much as it would be if you were actually running outside. So that's just the way I have incorporated um, the, 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 the high intensity aspect of that training session. But... Because everything now is structured in a um, weights and home training sessions, you, you have the luxury of making each and every exercise or every second exercise a high-intensity exercise. So things like your burpees, like I said, um, from a push-up, you give them a burpee or 10, 
from your crunches or from your planks, you give them something like a side to side jump lunges or side to side toe taps. So just something to move the whole body to get your heart and your lungs going. So it's like cardiovascular uh, strength and training and conditioning. You paint a very good picture of other ways we can do without the gym. I worry, will we even go back to gym when this is all over after that talk? But now with level four lockdown here, and we are now seeing the three-hour working out window. So from three to nine a.m., you're allowed to run, cycle, and do all those things. Are you happy with the level four? And now that you are able to do these things, has level four changed the way you work? Has it changed the way um, you relate to people, to any of your clients? Have any of them opted to work in the four-hour window, the three-hour window? Was the three-hour window even necessary in your opinion? In my opinion, from personally for myself, it, it hasn't changed. Um, I've just been maintaining caution, especially with my clients, because I, I don't want to, this is not personally from my end, I don't want to uh, sort of expose my clients to any um, situations that they'd feel uncomfortable with, let alone situations where I'd feel uncomfortable with. Um, because knowing from the gym that I work at, to the gym that you train at, we had a couple of uh, cases and everything that, um, surfaced there and luckily on my end i wasn't in the gym with my clients and immediately as soon as they heard of those cases all of them just said look i don't want to go to the gym if we do see each other we can see each other outside so we incorporated that and then when lockdown kicked in we still tried to maintain um the pace and the trajectory we're traveling in with our training just via video call video chat um substituting exercise here, exercises here and there that I'd send to them. So for me, the level four and that three-hour window um, hasn't really changed much. The only thing it, it, it could have changed is the fact that um, we are able to actually work in the morning and have a client who's up at that time because most of them are working from home. Then you'd be up at that time just to try and utilize that hour in order for them to be able to now carry on with that specific sort of uh, a routine so that let's say you don't lose your, your your motivation to train because you say I'm waking up later and as soon as I wake up later I have to work at the end of the work I'm already exhausted or uh, no motivation to train so after I work I'm just going to eat and sleep and then wake up the next morning and repeat so the only thing it has done for me and for some of my clients that three hour window between six and nine it just give, it gives us a chance to actually wake up and utilize that um, 6 a.m. slot that we used to use at the gym just to get that mentality back and that uh, progression from now just training at any random time during the day when you take a break from work to actually having a set time at either 6, 7, 8, or 9. And you get ready and you carry on with your day and then sleep obviously is your own routine, wake up in the next morning. So it just puts a routine to your day and enables you to actually plan your sleep where you don't now sleep randomly. I mean, we've all been through that where we just sleep, wake up, eat, go back to sleep again. No, absolutely. And um, I, I just want to, I just want to hop back on a, a point uh, we covered earlier in the discussion. I appreciate the, the reference that we made to the body's ability to adapt to um, conditions um, that have that they that, that that they used to do as a routine, but now um, 
judging from um, current circumstances, they won't be able to do as regularly as before. And I do, I do think, I mean, we colloquially refer to that as muscle memory. You'll have to correct me if I'm yes. wrong, Mr. Yes, Machaya, yes. but um, I, I, I do appreciate it. I mean, I, I observe this for myself uh, today and for the past couple of weeks, being that I... Um, kind of went back and forth on the rule of being able to jog in the morning. What I um, in, instead decided to do was to substitute um, using the elevator in my building uh, where I live for the flight of stairs. And I realized that my body still has that level of fitness to go up and down the flight of stairs. I'd have to travel from the ground floor to my apartment uh, without me breaking down and keeling over and gasping for air. So I do appreciate that at least it appears I'm on the right track as far as my own personal health. But um, finally from me, uh, Mr. Machaya, in your view, Judging from your own observations, when do you think working out in the gym will be deemed, air quote, safe to do so? And I think if we, if we consider the fact that this uh, normal that we all want to go back to won't be as normal as we're used to it being, what changes do you think will be deemed necessary to make in order for the activity of going to a gym to work out to be safe to do so? In my opinion, um, I personally feel it will take some time for gyms to be safe. I, and I use that word very broadly um, with regards to the COVID. Uh, it will take some time for them to be safe and for people to actually be uh, comfortable enough to go to the gym and, you know, continue with their routines and they, 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 they're working out because, uh, Gyms, like as we know, um, are places where everybody's going there to sweat. And um, I mean, the sweat itself doesn't necessarily mean that's where you get the COVID from and you get COVID from. Um, yes, bodily fluids, coughing, sneezing, and everything. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just, it is a breeding ground for the COVID, which is why, in my opinion, uh, it should have been, they should have been closed earlier when uh, COVID struck. Uh, but however, we are already here. So it would, it would take, geez, I, I'm not too sure when it will be safe, but the things that I feel um, would need to be incorporated and brought in, obviously everybody uh, from now on, there's no such thing as norm, going back to normal. Um, but life as we know it has changed right in front of our eyes. Um, it will never be a normal random day where you're leaving your house and going to work or going to the shop without having to put on your, your your face mask. This is now even post COVID. Uh, let's say we've dealt with the pandemic, and there are um, sort of medications and everything that's been released. And uh, let's say they've developed a cure for it. Life as we know it across the, the globe will not go back to the same. We're all going to be living the way the Asian countries have been living. If you notice that before COVID became a thing, that uh, now we've all have to adhere strict guidelines and rules to stay at home from. Uh, Asian countries have been going out, uh, people in Asian countries rather have been going out and wearing uh, the face masks, uh, some of them wearing uh, gloves on a daily or whatever they're doing, whether it's just random uh, leather gloves or the actual um, latex gloves. So normal now going forward with the gyms in, 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 in question or what we're speaking about, Everybody at the gym, I feel, will have to wear, obviously, their masks going forward. All their everyday trainers, employees, um, everybody that's training there 
in any business sector. And it, it will just mean that the gyms now, I think what they're going to be doing, if they do open, let's say, either level two or level one, it will mean that there will be a capped number of people that actually can access that gym, which in essence, most people will not be happy about because they, 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 everybody wants to sort of have something to fight against, uh, which in my opinion does not make sense. So there will be a capped number to actually enter the gyms. And I think they'll, they'll change sort of the access, um, especially so you'll, you'll know this when you actually enter there, usually you type your ID number or you give your, uh, what you call this, your access card to the, the receptionist who then accesses you and gives back and then hands you towels, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that will actually change and people will be uh, encouraged to actually bring their own equipment. Um, there'll be more, obviously, um, health and hygiene equipment around to sort of clean after yourself. And I think after sort of an interval of training, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of interval of training, they, they, they might actually move people out maybe from the cardio area or from the weights area or from each specific section to actually disinfect and clean that and let the next batch of people in to train. So this is now my thoughts on thing, how things are going to happen immediately after lockdown. And I mean, they might change going forward. I'm not too sure, um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting to think about and to see just exactly how not just gyms, but every other uh, sort of sector is going to operate post-COVID. Well, I certainly think if you wanted expert opinion on the matter, look no further than right here on the COVID report, courtesy of Mr. Buntu Machaya, who is a human movement and sports science graduate. He's also um, a personal trainer who holds a distinction of um, holding a sports management honors degree on top of being a, um, men's, a men's health magazine cover model, a fashion and fitness model. Talking to us here on the COVID report, about the permutations of the COVID-19 pandemic as it pertains to the, albeit simple exercise of exercising. <laughs> so, go figure. <laughs> and looking at, looking at the ways in which um, the COVID-19 pandemic has permanently changed the landscape of gymming and working out and the attainment of, of health um, as we continue to live life in a time where the COVID-19 pandemic is an actual thing. Buntu, thank you so much for taking time out of uh, your day to chat to us here on the COVID report. Absolutely valuable insights um, that we've gained from you on the matter. Those are two um, motif words that are becoming buzzwords here on uh, the COVID report. But absolutely, every time we invite a guest here on the show, the insight that they give us is absolutely valuable. So one more time, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. Thank you very much for having me. And that does it for another edition of the COVID Report, the capital of all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. A big thank you one more time to our guests, Mr. Buntu Machaya, um, a personal health guru, so to speak, with a glaring resume, who uh, shared some insight with us as it pertains to how he is fulfilling his obligations to his clients through his services as a personal trainer. He took us through the 
the vast knowledge of sports education and knowledge of the human anatomy that he has that informs the best way to maintain your health, your physical health during the times of a lockdown. Before all of that, we kicked off our show so with a discussion with Ms. Selina Maketa came coming from the Credit Bureau of South Africa. I'm saying that wrong. I feel like Okay, uh, no, I'm just, I just remember, gonna... do you have her do you have her names and stuff nearby? I, I, I tried I tried I tried scrolling up the group to see if I can find the um the the the, 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 the little write up, but uh you sent it directly to you, I think. It was Sent project to- manager at uh, Selina Maketa project. Oh yes, no, it was in the script. I was looking for it like as a text. It was yes, of course, it was in the script for the show. Okay, I'm gonna put it for you on WhatsApp now. So I've got the I've got the I've got the script um, oh. opening. Yes, uh, we are almost there, and we are there. Yes. Credit Bureau Association. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, All right. I'll just take that from that outro from the top one more time. Five, four, three, two, one. And that does it for another edition of the COVID Report, the capital for all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. A big thank you one more time to our guests on uh, this edition of the show, Mr. Bundu Machaya, who so eloquently ran us through the complex process, but quite practical process of making sure you maintain good physical health during the times of a COVID-19 lockdown. Keeping with the theme of help, of health, I do mean, we must also thank our first guest, Messalina Maketa, the project manager from the Credit Bureau Association, who helped us understand and unpack the concept of maintaining a good healthy credit during the times of a lockdown. As we always say here on the show, another eye-opening and insightful edition of the COVID Report. We thank you as always for tuning in and supporting the show. We continuously thank you for supporting the show via the podcast format. Just to remind you, if you would like to access our podcasts for your binge listening pleasure, www.vowfm.ca co.za is the way for you to do so. You'll be directed straight to our page with our podcasts and you'll be able to select from the wide range of conversations we've had here on the show. I also implore you to follow the show on social media at VOWFM, hashtag the COVID report. That does it for this edition of the show. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, ciao, ciao for now.